Hey, what's going on, everyone? This is your host, Matthew Kirby, and welcome to a new season of Young Black HR. Previously known as the Honest Human Resources Podcast, we strive to continue to have meaningful conversations by amplifying those voices and perspectives we need to hear in today's times. Young Black HR is the podcast that discusses HR from all angles, focusing on the perspectives of Black, Brown, and Ally Voices. We think outside the box of traditional HR and discuss how each and every one of us is a human resource through the skills, gifts, talents, abilities, and backgrounds that we all bring to the table. I only have one question for you. How are you a human resource? Enjoy today's episode. This one's on me. tuning in to another week. We have an amazing co-host and amazing guest, and I'm excited to be really getting into this chat when we talk about culture fit and all the little dimensions and pieces and components to what that looks like, depending on your organization. You know, I, I think that every company has its own individual culture, and even from companies that are bigger that may have multiple locations they have their own individual cultures as well so i can't wait to jump into that with this week's guest so let's not waste any more time and get right into it so my guest today is george mcgearin he is the founder of the mcgearin group for close to 20 years george has ran a national executive search slash recruiting firm mostly dealing with the executive search and leadership at the C-level, C-suite level, excuse me, such as CEO, CFO, CTO, CMO, and CIO roles throughout the US, Europe, and South America. Clients include small startups to global organizations, most companies that you have heard of or have products that you've been impacted by. Besides managing his recruiting firm, he also works with similar executives in terms of helping them empower their careers, both on the branding and the coaching side of the business. Hey, everyone. Welcome, George McGarren. Hey, George, what's up? How you doing? Matt, how you doing? It's, it's awesome to talk to you. I, uh, I, I love the uh, first time you had spoken. I was excited because there was, a, there was a, this like internal chemistry, you know, and I was just like, oh, this is going to be a great, you know, Matt's a, Matt's a great guy to, to talk uh, talk shop with. So I'm yeah. <laughs> super, super excited to be here. Yeah. Thanks for having Absolutely. me Absolutely. No, thank you for uh, taking some time and spending some time with me. You know, I think we're, we're going to have an amazing conversation when we talk about this thing we call culture fit. What does that look like and what are some of the impacts of it? But before we get into that part of the show, I have to ask you the standard question that I ask all of my hosts. And this is a segment where we talk about how are you a human resource? So George, what would you say to that? How are you a human resource? Right, my, my one mindset with just the, the talent acquisition space is that I, I, mean, I would say I'm a human resource because I, I think I focus on, it's a people to people game. It's not a product to product game or a sale to sale game. So I would say I'm a human resources, resource uh, in, you know, because I'm focused on the people to people part of, of the equation, regardless of what you know, sort of uh, project I'm, I'm in or, or, or entering, so. Yeah, no, I think, that, I think that makes perfect sense. You know, just thinking about, and I ask this with any of my guests, just really getting people to not only think outside of the box in terms of when we think about what human resources is, you know, we're not just the work police or we're not just recruiters or we're not just any of those typical things, but instead, that all of us have a passion or skill or talent that we can all bring to the table. So thank you for chiming in with that, George. And just speaking of and getting right into the topic, you know, I think culture fit is something that we've heard over and over and over again. And it means a lot of different things to a lot of different people. So, you know, when I think about that, you know, I want to get your take on what do you think about culture fit? You know, what is that? To you, is that just something that's used, you know, endlessly over and over again, or should it, or does it have a special meaning when we talk about organizational culture fit? 
Right. I mean, I, I think it's actually, I think it's the, the most important factor of, of why, you know, either you need to hire somebody or you need to work at a company. I think it's a culture fit. Um, so I, I think that, you know, some, some folks, they, they focus on, you know, they focus on the financial part of it, but they should really be focused on the culture part of it. Right. Um, by the way, I don't know if your listeners have seen like your LinkedIn, right? You know this, right? Your LinkedIn says mm -hmm. people and culture partner, right? Right. Like, and then it says talent and recruitment. And uh, I think like you have that nailed because that's exactly like the cult. If you, you could, you could work at a great, you could work at a place that financially does well and maybe they have an awesome product, but if the people you know, are nasty, if the people are, they, they don't believe in the same things that you do, right. if they're just, you know, the complete opposite and opposite sometimes is good, but if they moral, you know, if they're sort of ethically not the way you are, then uh, <laughs> it's a disaster. So I think culture fit to me. And when, when we do searches, I, I started out my business. Uh, it was it was we're we're working with a lot of sort of, you know, two people out of school, two to three years experience. And now we work with executives that have you know twenty five, thirty, thirty five years experience, um, really senior folks. Um, the the common denominator between how we go about seeing if they're a fit or not is not, not just the skill set, but it's usually the culture fit. So I think it's, I, I, you know, I really don't think it's a buzzword. I think it's, 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 it's the 80, if you're going to do 80, 20 of what, what's important, what's not, I think culture fit is a, is, is you know, number one, maybe number two on that list. Yeah, absolutely. And I, and I think even with that, you know, I, I love and I enjoy the, the sentiment of at least what I think about, when I hear culture fit, you know, wherever you're working at, even just wherever you're at, regardless, you know, there is a certain culture there, good, bad, or ugly sometimes that, you know, during any interview process or just doing that kind of onboarding or really just getting yourself used to a new environment, that is important to take note of. For me, I'm not a typical promoter of culture fit, that term in and of itself. Um, I'm more of a fan of really when we think about culture ad, right? I don't want to just, if I'm a new employee, I don't want to just come in and fit into that puzzle piece, right? Whatever that may look like at a company, you know, instead I want to come in and add value and bring that uniqueness that will help make that culture even that much better. You know, when we think about, you know, maybe this is optimistically, speaking you know every every organization i say this uh pretty rhetorically but every organization has a great culture right you know we have those moments to where you know you feel like a puzzle piece and you feel like okay you know you didn't interview me you know just for me to come in and be a caricature or to come in right. and you know just be another robot so i'm i'm more of a fan of culture ad but I think culture fit tends to be construed either negative or positively, depending how you're looking at it. But I really want everyone to realize that whether you're working or not, you're not here to get into a new organization just to maintain that status quo. And that can come in culture, that can come in the role you're in itself, that can come in many different layers. And I think if you aren't adding to your culture, you aren't adding to the culture of the organization, then yes, you are just gonna be that stereotypical puzzle piece in the grand scheme of things. So George, you know, how, how important or where do you kind of draw the line when, if you're speaking to someone who is looking for a role, C-level or not, and they say, you know what, George, you know, I think this is a great company that you've recommended. Let's definitely pursue this and let's see what happens. But also, you know, hey, I want to bring in my own style and my own signature. Where do you kind of draw the line between making sure that the person is a culture fit, right? right? At the same time, balancing how much value they need to add and bring to the table. Right. So, and and uh, I, I think there's a. And by the way, your your example about the culture at, I'm probably going to steal that going forward for you know with other things because I, I love that. The <laughs> um, and you know who does that really well? I think if you look at you know, I mean, you can't do it now because we're in, you know, it's June, 2020. Right. Um, but if you, if you walk into a Starbucks, right, pretty much throughout the whole country, mm -hmm. um, you've, I mean, if you just look at the people that work in the store, I mean, you've got so many different types of people um, 
that they hire, right? Mm-hmm. And you know, some are some are kind of like a little punk rocky. Some are like clean cut kids, right? Some are, right. <laughs> uh, you know what I mean. Some are, yeah. uh, you know, are going to school. Some have dropped out of school. Some are sure. older. Some are younger. It's just amazing, you know, stay at home moms, and you know, right. it, it's it's a cool. Uh, but I think Starbucks, you know, does a pretty good job of that in terms mm-hmm. of um, another company that does really a really great job of that is is the Marriott, the hotel, right? And um, yeah, they they that culture at which i like i said i'm going to borrow from now on i think it's great <laughs> uh i think those two companies do a do a do a great job none, none of those two companies are not my are not clients of mine but I've, I've dealt with executives at those two companies and uh they they preach that at a very high level also mm-hmm. um and it's it's you know your your term is much better than mine but there's definitely culture at versus culture fit so um i i would say for executives like to make sure that executives or anybody really fits in well i think there's a couple of things that you can, and as a candidate, you can ask yourself this. And as a, as a company or organization, you can ask this. Um, but it, it's, it's, I mean, I, and I, you know, it's kind of like the who, the why, the what, you know, the how, the when. Um, I think those, you know, if you can determine some of those things when you walk into a place, uh, you can just see if it's in lines with, with some of the decisions and, you know, and, and I guess the synergy uh, of, uh, of the organization. So I think the first piece is that it's, it's kind of just to figure out what is their overall strategy. The second mm-hmm. thing is, is obviously and it's based on historical, you know, what have they done before? Right. Because it's one thing and you'll see this too. I don't know if you've noticed this, Matt, when you interview candidates, they, they talk about what they're about to do and what they will do. But then when they talk about what they, they've done before, it's like complete opposite. Right. right. <laughs> so, so there's, there's some sort of historical data there, what they have done. Um, and, and so that's the second piece. And I, and I think when they want to come in and bring their own team and, you know, it's, yeah, I don't know if there's an exact science to this whole thing yet. I don't know if you agree with that, but I think it's still, and they try right with the, with all the testing, right. The Myers-Briggs mm-hmm. and, and the 360 and the right. strengths and, and, uh, but I don't, I don't know if there's one cookie cutter way to determine if somebody is really, you know, if they're that culture ad or not. Yeah, um, um, you know, more, just the it's instinctive, right? A lot of times it's instinctive yeah. to make sure they fit, but that's that's also you know that can be wrong, right? I mean, it's sometimes marriages are like that too, right? Sometimes <laughs> right. people get married to the wrong person. Sure. Yeah, and no, just to kind of chime in with that, you know, I I agree with you. I don't think there's one kind of cookie cutter way to say, hey, all right, take this test. You have to you know, either come back this result or you need to make a minimum of this score and then right. that will help us determine if you're a culture fit, right? Um, right. If, if so, everybody would be doing it. I think, and I'm a huge fan of those kind of personality and kind of skill set tests, don't get me wrong, uh, Myers-Briggs being one of the many, but I think, you know, for the purposes and even when we talk about from the application standpoint, the purposes of those kind of assessments is to really give you know the recruiting team hiring managers whoever kind of a glimpse a cookie cutter glimpse you know in that sense Um, right even just thinking about me when i was a candidate applying to places you know sometimes you would have to do one of those up front other times you would have to do those you know later on in the process and even after you you know come on board with the company you might have to do those within your probationary period i think it's one of those things where it's great to just get some sort of, you know, take on maybe what the person brings to the table. I'll arguably say that, you know, having that one-on-one either interview or conversation would be best, but even just being able to weigh some of those personality traits or what will be culture traits this new person brings in with the rest of the team. I think that's a, that's a great way to kind of just gauge and say, you know what, do we have a lot of uh, A types, A personality types, B types? You know, do we have a lot of creatives? Do we have a lot of robots, for lack of better words? You know, just really getting an idea and getting a sense of, okay, who are my people on my team and what are they working with when we talk about personality and fit? So I like to caution people, and especially for those of you that are listening who may do interviews as well, whether you're a recruiter, hiring manager, or whatever the case may be, to not use that solely as a basis. Uh, me personally, and I know at my company that I'm at now, we we usually integrate that later on in the process, right. usually after someone comes on board, right? We want to make sure that 
first and foremost, they make it through <laughs> the uh, probationary period. Right. Um, you know, and, you know, and I can spin off and talk, talk about, you know, how those things relate to cost and all of that. But for us, you know, we, we like to implement that later down the line versus up front. We want to get to know you, generally speaking. And then as we have our debriefs and chats and things of this nature, you know, of course, it'll come up. Hey, do you think, you know, Matt would be a good fit just thinking about everyone else? Sure. Yes. No, maybe so. And then just go from there. So. Um, definitely think they have their place. And I, I think it's so important to eventually get an idea of, you know, who does what and what are their quirks? You know, we're, we're all uh, geniuses in a sense, you know, but we come with quirks as well. Right. So I think well, that'll help. Some people, you know, some people change during the process, right? Like you could, you know, sometimes you hire one person and, and two months later or two years later, you know, maybe they're a completely different person to some extent, right? Where they've right. grown a lot. Or maybe they're going through things at home where they're, you know, maybe they're, they, maybe they're more depressed now than they were two, three years ago, right? Mm-hmm. Or, um, so that, that, that changes too. I, I can tell you, this is one of the things, I guess a tip for some of the candidates out there. And this, this happens, I'm, I'm sure you've dealt with this, this issue. Um, sometimes like there's a, the, the you know, culturally the, the candidate's great. The, the, the skill set, everything's perfect. It, it's a it's a great match, and then they'll interview with let's say a hiring manager who who, and the, and maybe sometimes the candidate doesn't get a great vibe from the, he doesn't get sort of the warm and fuzzies from the from the mm-hmm. hiring manager. Um, I, I think the other thing too, talking about culture fit, right, and and just it's you have to I think you have to appreciate that not everybody's great at you know that one thing they need to do, right? There's there's you have a lot of managers that interview people, they're 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 not they don't really interview you know, that well, right? Right. Um, but they're great. They're great at what they do. They're great managers. They run, you know, they're great to work with, but they, they're just terrible as a task. They just don't interview people well, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, so I think it's important, like you said, not to judge, even, you know, like don't judge, the, it's important not to judge the company just by one or two traits that maybe seem right. to be imperfections or vice versa, or even, you know, don't judge the, the candidate or even the hiring manager, the person you're dealing with, right? And, uh, you know, I think it's, I think, it, but I think it's good to use those tests as, I guess, I don't know if the word is litmus test, but, you know, right. sort of, but it's good. <laughs> you know what I mean, it's good to use it yeah. as sort of some sort of indicator of, right. of, uh, of what, you know, either George can do for the company or what Matt can do for the company. Mm-hmm. Right. So, right. Yeah, they're, they're, they're face value. Yeah. And they're intriguing. Right. I don't know if you've yeah. done yours, but it's like, I mean, you've, they're intriguing to see and, and, uh, I, I have one guy on my team, by the way, I've got on my team, I've, there's 30 of us. So I don't, I don't, you know, 30 people, I don't know if I'm number one or I'm number 30. Right. But there's 30, <laughs> guys, 30 guys on my team, 30 total we've got. Mm-hmm. Um, the one that the person that runs my team doesn't have a college degree. Right. So, mm-hmm. so it's kind of, you know, like I, I try to hire folks that have, have a degree um, if I can, he doesn't, he doesn't have a college degree. And uh, one of the smartest people I know, he, he took, you know, we were just playing around about last, last year and he took one of these tests and there, there, there were some things that came out about him being super entrepreneurial and, and I didn't have him pegged that way. Right. So once mm-hmm. I saw that, I started giving him more, more, more sort of challenges to, to see if we could test that a little bit. And it's worked out really well. So sometimes, you know, you have to be open to, if you're, if you're the one reading the test, you have to be open to the things that you didn't know or that you sort of were surprises. I think it's an important thing as well so but they're they're you know they're just they help you kind of see you know where you could be at or where you're not at right so yeah sort of very absolutely yeah. yeah no and, and to your point you know you bring up a, a couple of good things you know just when i think about how that plays out in the interview process you know we can go you know in a best case scenario to say hey you know you go through an interview you're interviewing a candidate and they demonstrate or they talk about themselves in a way that by the time you get out of that interview or get out of the hiring process with that candidate, you have a good idea on who that candidate is, what their skill sets are, what their personality is, and then you can make that culture kind of fit or value add determination. But then you got to look on the other side of things. Well, and I'm not sure if you heard of this show before, George, but for some reason, the uh, I think it came on MTV. It might still be on, but uh, Catfish, 
Have you yeah, yeah, know, heard yeah. or seen the show? Well, right? it's a verb. It's a it's a verb now, right? Isn't it a verb? Yeah. You've been catfished. Right? Yeah. So yeah. you know, just thinking about that, it's like you know, well, damn, you know, this person <laughs> put up a good show. We get them in, you know, thirty days later, you know, they turn into something else. Or yeah. to even your point, I'll just I'll just take another perspective with that. You know, something could happen in their lives, a death of a loved one, or you know issues at home or whatever the case may be and then they change or they go through a season where they're not their you know more typical bubbly self or where they're not so entrepreneurial for a few months so you know just being able to consider that and keep that in mind i think that'll be extremely helpful we're all human beings at the end of the day you know sometimes you know we have our good days and our bad days and even with you know implementing those kind of personality tests or assessments, you know, for us, I, I enjoy that we do them yearly, you know, that that gives us collectively as a team to kind of measure, okay, you know, all right, Matt started out this, you know, this way first year, second year, now he's like this. So right. how do we go about assigning and, you know, just considering him for either different projects, you know, opportunities, whatever the case may be. So I think that's spot on. And it's a very important kind of consideration to to keep in mind because sometimes you know people people treat a uh, test like it's the uh, end all be all and it definitely shouldn't be that way right and there's, there's other factors too i mean there's things yeah. you know things that people do you know during their day that like it's proven you know that if, if you, there's certain things that you do that you know it just makes you more productive right like so if you wake up early or if you read more or mm -hmm. you know even like the basic thing of like journaling right you know things like that um, and there's just like a, there's a lot of things that aren't on that test. Right. Or, right. you know, um, you know, if you, if you had to stay late, would you stay late? And would you, would you even care? Would you even think twice about it? You know, you <laughs> there's a lot of that as well. That's not on that. So usually are not on those tests, but it's, uh, I agree. I mean, I think it doesn't make sense to, to always just depend upon one thing. And, and, uh, but it, it is hard to catfish is a great way to, I, I think you'll, you're going to see that a lot more now since that, you know, since it seems like the tendency will be, you know, a lot of the remote workers, you know, I think you'll, you're, you're probably, I think you're probably gonna have candidates that are interviewing, you know, right. for people, and then they'll go away. And, and then the person actually doing the work will be somebody else. I think you're gonna see a lot of that. Uh, <laughs> oh, wow, that, that'll be an interesting uh, wow. yeah. situation there for sure. And, and I, and I, and, I, and you could mark my words in this, this might sound, I don't know if it sounds conspiracy theorist, you know, theorist, but I think eventually they will pass a law that says, you know, it's, 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 you know, you're discriminating against a candidate or a worker because they're, they don't want to show their zoom video, let's say, mm -hmm. right. During a coffee conference call or whatever. Right. right? And uh, as a worker's right thing, you know, worker's rights thing. And uh, yeah. I think you'll see the catfish thing, you know, like, I think it's, an, I think, I think it will be an issue, uh, you know, five, 10 years from now, quite frankly. So. Wow. No, that's a, that's yeah. an extremely good concept that you brought up, you know, that idea you know, especially as we are still working through, you know, COVID and even post COVID and even as, you know, the workforce will become more and more remote, right? Or more and more virtual that a candidate could or should have the, the right in this sense to show their self or show their face or not. I think, wow, I think that'll be, that'll well, be something fact, really it's, interesting. It's a, it's a scenario too, right? Like, let's say, yeah. I mean, let's say you're, you know, a single, let's say your mom, you're, you know, you're a single mother, right? Right. You're forced to work work from home because that's mm -hmm. that's sort of the company policy and mm -hmm. and there's meetings and you know let's say you don't live in a great apartment right and it's not right. fancy or you're not in a great part of town um, right you know i think there's there's there will be some sort of bias towards that one person right because they yep. they <clears throat> excuse me they they don't have you know they don't have the advantage over somebody else that's right. in their backyard with a lake behind them and it's a, you know without the it, it's it's and then you talk about growth for for opportunity right mm -hmm. uh, you know, how would you judge, like, who gets the promotion? Is it the, you know, is the person that sits behind the lake house all the time, right? Right. That, or is it, I think eventually they'll realize that, that people are making judgments, even, I mean, I don't, you know, if you think about this, right, even mm -hmm. by the background of their Zoom or whatever, you know, video they've got running, um, you know, of the scenario or, or, or the, uh, I just think that will pop, you, you'll see those cases pop up where somebody will say, hey, listen, like I'll work remotely, but I don't need to show you my face. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Like as a video and uh, unless I'm at the company, 
Uh, I think you'll think you'll, I think you will see cases like that. There's a yeah. lot of people that are uncomfortable, right? They're yeah. like, they're uncomfortable showing their face. Um, I have a friend of mine that they only interview. They do a podcast for for C C level C folks, mm -hmm. CEOs and things. And uh, she initially did everything via video, um, but she found that most executives, even though no matter what company they run, they mm -hmm. they don't want to show their face on 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 video, right? So they right. so they just so she switched it to sort of audio uh interviews but I, I think i don't know i just think that you'll see candidates eventually will say listen do i do i have to show you know do i as a do i is it do i have to show the other person my living environment like is mm -hmm. that part of my job which i don't think it is and uh i'm sure the lawyers will get savvy with how to maneuver that <laughs> no i mean I, I think that's an extremely um futuristic not even far off but an extremely you know, feasible kind of situation that'll happen eventually, you know, just to your point, you know, hey, if I'm up and coming and just trying to, to make it, you know, I might not have a penthouse or a condo right away, or exactly. I might not have, you know, this beautiful white wall, or even now you see a lot of backgrounds nowadays with, uh, it seems like everybody has their own like in-home library, right? right? You see all the books, yeah. nice I mean, and organized. I, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't own that many books, you know, I wish right. I, I do everything audio, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. You know, <laughs> but, but uh, yeah, I tried, by the way, I, I've tried the, and I, you know, I'm, I'm, I've been on like 25 or 30 podcasts in the last sure. two or three months and I'll be in another 80. And I, I've tried the, the green room thing behind me, mm -hmm. like as a test. It's, I mean, I, maybe I had the lighting wrong, but it's, it's disastrous. Like it doesn't look natural. <laughs> you know, you get this like funky wave yeah. thing going, your head looks yeah. way bigger than it is. I mean, it's just, yeah, it, it's it's disastrous. I just, yeah. you know, so, but I, I mean, if you think about this too, I mean, think about this from a, from a, from just a hiring standpoint, you know, you, there are people that have disabilities, right. And they have physical disabilities and it doesn't mean that their work is any different. They just physically, they just look differently. Right. And, yeah. and I, and you know, I, I would, you know, you're going to have somebody that's going to argue and say, listen, because they have to work from home and they have to do, you know, some, some of the video calls um that maybe maybe they're getting discriminated against right because they're mm -hmm. um and i i just you know and there might be some people who are just conscious about it but i think you will you, you will see that in the next couple of years come out about how you know are you obligated to 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 uh to be on a to be on video if if you don't feel that you're comfortable with it right so yeah uh, no remember, i think remember it's... that remember that when mm -hmm. you have your people right. signing waivers right to be on video. <laughs> remember me Right. <laughs> George said it first. <laughs> Absolutely. So, you know, just thinking about let's make this more uh, relevant to like the day to day, right? You have a, a new client or a new candidate that comes into your firm, your business. And, you know, they say, you know, they give you the, the spill about who they are, what kind of role they're looking for. Uh, for your company, do you all have some sort of either conversation or uh, some sort of um, part in your, I guess, onboarding process to get them as a client to determine, hey, you know, what kind of culture are you looking for? Or, hey, what did you hate in the past that you don't want to see? Again, how do you, how do you all go about doing that matchmaking in that sense? Right. So you're talking about from the recruiting, the recruiting, because uh, we, we have two companies, right? We have the recruiting company and then we have the executive coaching business. So are you talking about, I guess, the recruiting part of it, right? Right. I'm talking about the recruiting part. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, well, I can tell you, I mean, internally, internally, how we, hire, I think if I understand the question correctly, uh, is it inter internally how we hire people or is it externally how we advise our clients to hire people? I'm trying to understand. The sure. Question. No worries. Let's, uh, let's pick on the, let's pick on the, the ladder in terms of advising um, how they hire people. Okay. So, I mean, our, our, our advice is, I think it's always comes down to it's like very, the very, you know, binary, like yes or no is, you know, like, what are, what are the three or four problems that you're trying to solve in this, in this role? Right. So it's, I would argue that the person has to have those three or four things as a yes. Right. So that's just a typical. Um, and in terms of how we advise them, you know, culturally, mm -hmm. we'll, we'll, uh, we, we try to get, I guess, give them the sort of the heads up for things, you know, before they, they even meet with a person. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, like, we'll, we'll tell them about the, the person's energy level. We'll tell them about the preparedness level. Um, we'll tell them about their attitude, right? Which just overall, you know, if they were kind of cool or sometimes, you know, sometimes things go wrong, right? right? Like we were, you and I were starting the show and my sound was all, you know, my sound wasn't working. And, and <laughs> yeah. you could, I, you know, I, I, I don't know if I, I, you could hear me, I couldn't hear you. And I don't know, it was, 
Right. And, uh, you know, you see how people react with when things go wrong, right? So uh, we 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 warn, and I guess we counsel our clients, which is the company, on some of these traits that the, that the candidates have. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's a big thing. I, I've learned this, Matthew. I don't know if you, you know, like I've been doing this for 20 years and very, very, very rarely do they pick the candidate that I think is the best candidate. They usually pick like the number two or three. I don't know if you've right. noticed that. Does that happen to you as well? Yeah. You know, sometimes in, you know, I've done other episodes on where we talk about like bias and all of that, you know, sometimes recruiting managers or whoever, they, they have this, they have this, you know, kind of uh, picture or image, not physically, but, you know, they have this sort of ideal person in their head and, you know, you recommend one thing and they go right or they go left. And right. sometimes that turns out good. Sometimes it doesn't. Right. Right. So we, we try to recommend the people that we think would be great. Right. So they, they, we, we're lucky because we're, we do retain search. So they, they, they pretty much, our clients will interview everybody that we show them. Right. Sure. Which is great. Um, we, we also t- sort of let them know, like, hey, here's our two favorites or three favorites. Um, but very rarely, very rarely do they pick the, the one that I love or my team loves, right? So mm-hmm. we just try to give them, and I think, I think it's important, if, if you know that, I think it's important, for example, for, you know, in our case, we, we don't oversell it, right? We just sort mm-hmm. of, we give them the good, we give them the bad, right? In our opinion, which is the bad, and, and we kind of let them kind of figure it out to some extent. Um, I, I really believe, Matt, like that, you know, the recruiting and a lot of other businesses where it's just people based. Um, I really believe it's kind of like dating, you know, where like, I, you know what I mean? I might, yeah. I might set you up with a friend of mine, but, but at the end of the day, um, you know, sometimes the fits aren't great. So I think it's really like dating, right? Where sometimes there's just an amazing, you know, an amazing chemistry, right? And sometimes there's really no chemistry and, uh, you don't know that until you put them two together, you know, it's, 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 and it's like cooking, right? Sometimes you don't, you play around with things and right. uh, some things hit and some things don't hit. And uh, you know, it, it's, some things go well together and some things don't, but I think you need to be, you need to be open to putting, you know, those two kind of ingredients together. Uh, but we, we try to counsel our clients as best as we can mm-hmm. um, based on what we think. And, and like you said, you know, we, we probably have our own biases. I mean, we're, we're, I'm totally biased towards like energetic people. Right. So like, if, you know, if they got energy, I'm, right. I'm into them. You know what I mean? If they're, if they show up prepared, like I'm a fan, you know, if they're, if, if they, if they, you know, say it the way it is and not a lot of BS in terms of like what, you know, the bad, the bad part of the story, like, I'm like, Oh, these are, this is a great, great person. And uh, you know, some, some don't make that a priority. Right. And they have other priorities um, in, in terms of how they hire. So I don't know. It's a, I'm amazed that 20 years doing this, I'm still amazed at how much I really don't know about the business. Right. And we, right. you know, just to give you an idea, the, the, the recruiting piece, it's an eight figure business. Um, the coaching business, it's a seven figure business. Um, you know, we're dealing with people that are making from $300,000 a year to four or five million. So it's a really interesting group. Uh, a lot of these folks, you know, run the country and run some of these major companies. And uh, I can tell you, like, I still feel like I'm learning learning how to do it properly. Uh, <laughs> like every day is a, a new story, thing. you know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, maybe it's a yeah. good thing or maybe it's not a good thing. I mean, I don't know. You know, maybe people don't admit that, right? Maybe experts, quote unquote experts, um, don't admit that they're still learning and figuring it out, you know, like everybody else. Yeah, no. And to your point, it kind of reminds me. And uh, for those who are listening, I didn't get into this uh, during the the bio for George, but, you know, one of the quotes that you sent over to me and, and I feel like it's so relevant, but you know, you said, I've been wrong on a lot of things with our business. Dreaming bigger isn't one of them. And, you know, that really speaks volumes to me in the sense that, you know, we're not going to get everything right all the time. But what we can't do and what we must not do is to get swallowed up in that. We got to continue to dream. We got to continue to learn, grow, adapt, expand, whatever word you want to use in place of that, you know. So just thinking about you've been doing this for 20 years, you know, literally every day is a new experience or, Hey, something may happen in the market to where, you know, wow, you know, this worked, you know, back in 2010, but Hey, we got to pivot, we got to adjust. So I think that's so important. I think that's so key. Just thinking about how, and especially with cultures, geez, I mean, you know, culture is culture and social and, 
you know, things are so intertwined nowadays, you know, even just when we think about what's going on now, you know, there's many more, you know, diversity and inclusion kind of conversations going on, you know, so just being able to adapt at a moment's notice, you have to, or else right. you're going to, you know, you're going to be weeded out, you know? And I think, I think some of the conversations that we're, that, that people are having, I think, I think it's, I think it's terrific, right? Like I think yeah. it's, and this is like one of the, one of the reasons if you look at, you know, if you look at other countries, we have a house, um, we have a house in South America and Peru, right? Mm-hmm. So it's, it's a, it's a, it's, it's a third world country, right? It's considered a third world. We're, the house we're, we're, you know, where we, where we're in, uh, it's a vacation home. You know, it's like there's, there's this bubble, right? It's like first world versus third world. It's a weird right. kind of, and you see that a lot in emerging markets. Um, but if you look at like the talent, the, the talent, right? Like the talent of Peru or the talent of Brazil or even, you know, even Mexico, right? Like the, a lot of the talent comes here to the United States, right? Like we get, I mean, just look at all the diversity that's in this country, you know, of, I mean, I'm, I'm blessed because I'm in, you know, like the New York City area, New York City area. So it's, you know, it's just, you just grow up with it. Um, but that, that diversity and, 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 and not any culture, you know, culturally, but also just, you know, the way, the way somebody grew up. Um, I mean, it just adds to the overall progress of not, not only a company, but the country, the state you live in, the city you live in. Right. And uh, I, I just think it's going to like 50 years from now. I mean, I think America is going to be a great place to, to hang out in. You know, I think it's going to be so uh, I, I just, hopefully we won't be talking about, you know, like some of these things we're talking about now in 2020. Yeah. Right. Like yeah. it's, I, I, I see this as a, I mean, it's such, it's such an ignorant, you know what I mean? Thing mm-hmm. and, and a waste of just, just human love, you know, that, that um, hopefully, I don't know. I mean, it's almost, it's almost heartbreaking, quite frankly, some of the, some of the things we're talking about now in like May, May, June, 2020, but um, it, it's, it's hopefully, but I think like this, this country has so much and gets so much talent from all, all over the world. We, we should, we need to take advantage of that. And um, yeah. And, and grow it right so yeah, yeah i mean it's so it's just not culture fit for a company it's also you know culturally what you bring to the company right exactly like, yeah there's, there's those things too but you're totally i mean you're, you're you're dead on about spot on about some of these things and and uh yeah i mean when you when so i mean i'd like to ask you a question about culture like you 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 know Go you get a it. candidate <laughs> right i mean it's yeah you want to hire somebody comes in there's 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 two twins let's say this well there's two twins right mm-hmm. so identical identical background uh identical resume yeah they grew up in the same house but they let's say they're they're you know but they're they're different personality wise like who's what do you look at you know like in a cult from a culture fit of who do you hire do you hire cousin you know do you hire you know twin number twin number one or twin number two and and what would you pick if you had knowing that both are exactly they have the same they have the same professional but they have the same professional story yeah, and I, I think with, with that question, you know, those are, and I tell this to anyone, you know, those are a lot of the good problems that I love running in, running into and which quite makes it harder for me to decide, right? So, you know, if twin A and twin B are similar professional upbringing and background, but let's just say, you know, one's more, and I'll keep it simple for this question, one's more extroverted than the other. One of the things that I'm thinking of is, you know, in addition to what they bring uniquely to the table, but also what we're looking for. You know, when I think about being on this side of the interview and kind of table as a hiring person, you know, it's like, okay, I have an idea of what our team is now, what our strengths, weaknesses, quirks, all of that good stuff is. And I'm also at the same time evaluating, okay, yes, we need to hire or fill this role due to X, Y, and Z. But when we talk about, and I preach a lot on turnover and everything, I think it's important to, for us as HR folks, and even as companies in general, to to get it as right as we can, right? Turnover is pretty costly. Um, So when I think about that- Very costly, right? Yeah. Very costly, yeah. Absolutely. So just thinking about all of that, I also look into the future, like where are we trying to go? And does our current team, can we do that in a sense on our own? Or are we wanting this person to, yes, not only be able to come in and knock out X, Y, and Z, but we also want to turn the curve as well. So in the example of the twins, and let's just say, and now I'm totally making this up. Let's just say, you know, um, 
I'm on a team full of engineers. We're kind of robots, but we're amazing at what we do in terms of troubleshooting, developing, you know, all of that. But if our personality isn't the most, you know, outgoing and extrovert, I'm thinking, okay, yes, we need one more developer or engineer, but we also need that cheerleader. We also, as a team, we need that cheerleader. We need that person that's like, yes, we can do it. Let's partner. Let's, you know, put ourselves out there. That could be scary, you know, at some point. So in that example, you know, if I was in that situation, um, I would probably go with the twin that brings something that's most different than what we already have. It kind of goes back to what I was saying earlier, differences in between hiring that culture fit versus hiring that culture ad. And I know for me, everyone is listening. I tend to lean towards the culture ad type of candidates because I'm always thinking about, okay, where are we, where are we going? Not just where we're at right now. Right. And it's, it's, I mean, it's, it's spot on advice, right? It's, it's always, and I'm, I'm always amazed at like, there's, 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 and you see this too, you've, you've seen this, Matt, with mm-hmm. the, uh, you know, the, all the technology with the AI in terms of how to hire somebody and the ranking. Right. And uh, there, there's so many variables that it doesn't, they haven't, I don't think they've figured it out yet, you know, and what works and, and what, what doesn't work. Uh, but I, I agree. So I think it's, I guess it does depend on, depends on that exact problem that you're trying to solve for that yeah. exact, you know. Absolutely. That, that you know, not just problem. for today, you know, I don't, yeah. I don't like, and I, I tell this to anyone I speak to, and I've even said this in nearly all of my interviews, you know, when I am looking to join a company for a role that deals with, you know, talent acquisition in some capacity, you know, I'm not looking for today hires. I'm looking for tomorrow hires. You know, yes, we want to make sure that they check off enough, keyword, enough qualifications, because I tell anyone this, even with my uh, consulting business, you know, outside of, you know, can you do the job? If you're checking off all the boxes from a job description, I tell my clients nine times out of 10, you're probably overqualified for that right, role, right. depending on what it, what it is. I don't care what level it is. So you always want to think about and just quite frankly, just go for those jobs where, you know, you may have to grow a little bit or you may have to stretch into that role, but that's how we get to the next level. That's how we become better people. So right. All about the culture ad for sure. Well, I'll tell you, I'll tell you, I'll tell you a funny story. This is, this is like a one, it's probably once in a lifetime, you know, recruiting story for me that (laughs) is never going to happen again. Uh, We, we had, this, this happened, uh, this happened in like 2012. We had Mm -hmm. a client of ours, right? So one of our clients was a bank, right? And uh, he, he was going to interview a financial advisor, right? So it was, it was, uh, and and they're like, yeah, well, listen, I'm going to be at a Starbucks, right? Literally at a Starbucks. I can meet. His, you know, his name was, his name was Chris, right? And uh, mm-hmm. the candidate's name was Chris. I'll be at the Starbucks, right? And uh, yeah, I'll be there. Yeah, how's, how's Tuesday at like nine o'clock in the morning, you know? And so, you know, we set it up, right? And uh, so we, 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 give the, we give the address to the candidate, you know? Everything's, the guy's, everyone's prepped and everything. Mm-hmm. He, um, he went to the wrong Starbucks, right? Right. So, you know, it happens. So we went to the wrong Starbucks. There was a Starbucks two blocks down the street. And in New York City, there's a Starbucks literally like every corner. Exactly. Right? I, I was just going to say that. I was like, oh, wow, there's, they're yeah, all over the, the place. Same, <laughs> on the same street. Like it's like a block away. And you're like, if you're not careful. Um, mm-hmm. So he shows up, he shows up to a, to the Starbucks, sees a guy in a suit and he's like, oh, you must be the guy I'm interviewing with. Right. And so he, <laughs> so he, and he's like, and he's, uh, he's like, oh, your name is, he's like, oh, yeah, I'm Chris. I'm like, oh yeah, let's sit down. So I guess it, ha- well, it, it happened that there was an, another guy interviewing somebody who happened to be financial services as well at a, <laughs> at a bank, also waiting for a candidate named Chris. He didn't bring the resume with him, right? Mm-hmm. Had a conversation. Meanwhile, um, meanwhile, the, the, our, 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 well, our candidate was interviewing someplace else, right? Um, somebody else's candidate was interviewing with our guy, like, you know what I mean? <laughs> also Chris, obviously, right? right. <laughs> So I, so we get a call from the, we get a call from the candidate. Hey, how'd it go? Yeah. And he starts talking about the, the, the company and we're telling him like, that wasn't the company we sent you to. We sent you a different company. Uh, anyway, but it turned out, uh, and then I get a call from the recruiter, the other recruiter <laughs> saying <laughs> like, Hey, we've got this situation here. I think your candidate went to my Starbucks years you know what I mean? and vice versa. Right. <laughs> this, this, yeah. this was, I mean, it was just like a freak accident. Um, you talk about culture fit. 
the both both managers wanted to hire that guy, right? Mm -hmm. So it was it wasn't my client, the one they went to, and uh, so my my the other recruiter on the other you know other company, uh, we said okay, you know we we kind of decided to split <laughs> the both both sides of it, right? So uh, his candidate, literally his candidate, got hired by my client, right? Wow. My my candidate got hired by his sorry my candidate got hired by his client, um, just based on I mean it's just culture fit right I mean it's just literally yeah I mean it's just a freak it was a freak freak accident right of of hiring I don't know we I've 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 done thousands and thousands of interviews you know and uh, so it, like you talk about culture and culture ad and everything else I mean it's sometimes when you click with somebody you just click right yeah and then, there's that chemistry you know and, oh yeah uh, just a weird weird story but that was a i didn't you know it was a weird i didn't know if the gods were looking after me you know mm -hmm. like or or uh but i but it just it reminds you of the the power of you know getting if you get the two if you get two people together and there's that magic then then think positive things happen right why not and you know it's it's one of those things even when i was just listening to you go over that, I'm like, wow, you can't make that up, right? It, it <laughs> couldn't be, the stars couldn't be any more aligned. So I think that's amazing. And, you know, just thinking about this whole thing we've been talking about, you know, I kind of want to look at it now and shift a little bit towards, you know, the recruiting perspective of this, you know, so when, when I'm thinking about recruiting and just if I'm describing a company's culture, you know, what should I be doing from a recruiting perspective or a recruiter's perspective, you know, should I be trying to sell you enough? So I might, you know, edit and adjust some parts of what our culture is really like, or should I really be trying to be more genuine and authentic to just, you know what, here's our culture, this is what it is, and allow that candidate to make the best decision. So where to you, where, right. where's that fine line in between trying to sell and close a deal and right. being genuine and upfront? Well, I can, I can speak from personal experience about mm -hmm. this because I, I got into recruiting the way, the way I got into recruiting 20 years ago was because I was working in a consulting company and, uh, and a recruiter, I was in New York and a recruiter said, Hey George, there's an awesome opportunity in Miami. You know, you're going to do great. Go, you know, interview with these guys, and next thing you know, it was a Thursday. Like on a Monday, I was working and you know, working and living in Miami, right? And January, in January, um, it was a terrible fit. And they mm -hmm. the, the company like three months later, were, literally was out of like they just they closed the office. Yikes. And, uh, yeah, so I, I got burnt by a recruiter. I mean, I got into recruiting, but I got burnt by one. My first experience with a recruiter was actually a, a, a terrible one, and uh, so I can, I can, so I literally was in the, un, in the unemployment line. And then I started looking for work, but I started a recruiting company because I was unemployed, you know, quite frankly, that's, that's how I started my business. Um, I, since then, I've never been a fan of overselling anything mm -hmm. to the candidate, you know, like it's, it's, and some guy, you, know, you know, and I can live with that, you know, because I, 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 I felt the pain of uh, the, the one negative I can say, and, you know, you, sometimes you're on the receiving end of this because you have agencies that you work with. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I, I don't, I'm not a fan of that, of that, um, you know, a lot of, a lot of agencies, they oversell things that aren't and because they're worried about a commission. Um, I'm like, we're, we're the last people to do that. We're not really into that. You know what I mean? So it's, yeah. it's, I, I think it's, I think it makes sense. We, we had a situation, um, this was two years ago, a new company, we got, we had a new client. They were, they were like a startup, startup of a very large company. They were still getting their benefits together, their payroll, and they were going to hire like a very high level. She was like a CFO slash, you know, payroll person. She was sort of like the jack of all trades, right? Like she was right. really talented. There, the problem that the problem was the offer came in. It was great, but the the payroll, the package, like the benefits package, was just terrible. Like it was terrible, you know. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was terrible. And and she asked me. She said, George, like. She had, she had already signed the offer letter, by the way. She already signed it, right, with a start date. Mm -hmm. and the, um, she had said, "Hey, George, I just looked at this 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 the um, the package for the health benefits and, and everything else, and the vacation time, and it's really not like it's it's not great, you know." And then she said to me, "What would you do? Like, if this was if this was your situation, would you take the, would you take it or not? You know?" And uh, I just told her I wouldn't. You know, I said, "Listen, I, I you know I'd probably try to let's let's re try to re renegotiate it." Maybe we can bump it up in salary, but 
but it's not a great package, you know? And um, it, it was the first time I had seen that. Usually I'd see those things before the deal, you know, starts, mm -hmm. but they didn't have anything together. It was like a new thing, you know? It's like, so uh, I think it makes sense to be honest with the candidates 110% because like people are smart, you know, Matt, like people figure yeah. things out. Right. And, and there's, there's no sense to sugarcoat things if they're not. And, and some people want, some, some people want to walk into an environment where it's not exactly, you know, as clean as it could be because they get to clean it up. Right. And mm -hmm. some people, they like that and they like the challenge. And, uh, I'm, I'm a, I'm a, we're, we're just a huge fan of telling it the way it is with, with the environments and, you know, and, and letting the candidates figure out if it makes sense. We also don't sugarcoat the, um, the candidates to the clients, you know, like we tell the clients, the organizations, here's what we love about the person. Here's what we're not fans of. Um, I just think later, I think long-term relationships, people appreciate the honesty, you know? Um, yeah. I feel like, you know, just, and anyone who works with Intel acquisition, I feel like, you know, we have to collectively, we have to be more, tell it like it is, you know, it's, right. it's, it's always one of those things. And I was having a conversation with someone the other day when I was talking about mentorship and, you know, you want to, you want a good mentor that'll yes, guide you and, be an advocate for you and teach you a few things. But the last thing that you want, and this is like the most dangerous thing in the world, I feel the last thing that you want is a yes man or a yes person surrounding you. Or in this case, how we're talking is, you know, just a recruiter, you know, just selling you, right? Getting your emotions all up. It kind of makes me feel like, and I don't know if you ever ran into this, but you know, when you go to a car dealership, and, you know, they are just, geez, you know, the salesman is just tossing their best pitches and, right. you know, just living things up to, you know, hey, you know, I, I just I just want a two-door Civic, you know, can I have the blue one or the green one, right? Yeah, I mean, and, and, <laughs> yeah. I, mean you get, I mean, people are smart, right? Like, I walked into, right. a, I walked into a mattress place, like, a couple yeah. years ago, I was needing to buy a new mattress, and uh, it was, it was, the guy was nice, but he was like, he literally said to me, he's like, you know, Mr. McGarren, you know, buying a mattress is probably the most important decision you're ever going to make in your life. You know, <laughs> you're like, Oh God, here it comes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, Oh, I'm, I'm intrigued by this. So, it, you know, walk me through this. He's like, well, because you're sleeping, you know, let's say you sleep, it's a 30 of your life. You're going to spend on this thing that you're going to buy for me today. Right. And uh, I don't know. I mean, I, I, like, I guess some people fall for that, but I mean, I didn't, you know, like right. I was, I, it, it's like you said, like you, um, I, this is, I mean, Matt, for me, it's a really simple concept. Mm -hmm. If you need to be able, you need to be able to sleep well at night with your, with clean hands. Right? Absolutely. And, and that's more important than, than that's more important than, than anything in my opinion. Mm -hmm. So like, don't, like, you can, you can literally hurt people. And a lot of these people have families and they've got, you know, kids and their kids and they live in, and they're, and they're going to move to go to this job. And, mm -hmm. and it's just not, about the, and I, and I, this is the one thing I like about the retained search side is that, you know, you're not stuck trying to go for, go after commission and you're advising people what they should do um, because it's the right thing, not because it's, it's in, you know, it's on financial interest to anybody. Right. So um, that's the one negative I would say about the contingency recruiters out there, like the agency yeah. recruiter. And they're also, they're, they're like your best friend until yeah. they're not right. Exactly. Like they, they won't call you back and they don't tell you why they, why the company said no. And, You've you've been on the other side of that, right? Like candidates calling you saying, "Hey, Matt, what what's going on?" And it's because the recruiter never bothered to call them back, right? Right. And uh, I just think you know, like if you're, you know, if you're in any kind of, you know, just I think everybody's a salesperson, no matter what you do. But if you can do it in a truthful way, and if you really believe yeah. in product, um, but you, get, you have to sleep well at night, right? And you yeah. have to that you help people, you didn't hurt them. I, I, I mean, I, I learned that because I was, like I said, I was put in a situation that took me, that took me about two years to catch, I, mean, I, learned, I lost about two years or three years on that, you know, Matt, mm -hmm. because I, I, uh, I, it was a terrible, I went from like bad to worse. I mean, it was terrible for me, you know? Oh, no. So I was, I was pretty scarred by that. Yeah. Um, what I, but I think it's a lesson because I, I, I've never done that and I've never, you know, I've, everyone on my team, we just don't do that, you know? So um, you know, I think just, you have to be, it's, it's calling being professional, but it's also having a clean business and being a stand-up person, you know, just the community, right. Not just with what you do. Yeah, no. And I, and I, I feel like, you know, this is while I get the sentiment sometimes, you know, just being in this space, you know, I'm, I'm really not a fan of when organizations try to 
really turn recruiters into salespeople, right? That shouldn't be our job in that sense. You know, arguably if it was me, you know, recruiters would never get paid a commission in that traditional sense, right? Because now if you have that understanding of how you're gonna get paid, you might, you know, put more sugar on whatever than there needs to be, you know? So it's just one of those things where I tell everyone, you know, hey, just, just tell it like it is, you know, right. set people up for success. I'm always preaching that. And it's so important because if, let's just say, if I work with a recruiter and they put me in a role, I get it. And then, you know, 30 days later, it's a complete 360. You know, now I'm not only scarred from that, but I'm like, you know, I'm never going to work right. with this you, recruiter you know, or company. You even, right. You, you even know less than, you know, you know, right. in, in less time than that, like within a week, you're like, what's going yeah. on here? Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and, and then you talk to, and it's just, it's it's uh, and there's 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 a lot of things people buy things that they shouldn't buy um you know the the coaching business that we have the branding business we we help folks take care of their you know their their resume their linkedin mm -hmm. their biography their board resume um we we get a ton of referrals right from people mm -hmm. and the the service by the way it's like a two thousand to three thousand dollar service so it's not a it's not a cheap service and they pay up right. front you know so it's um but we get 35 percent of the people that come to us come referred we, we get a lot, I mean, I get a lot of people referred to me and they tell me, you know, how bad their, their LinkedIn is and how bad the resume is and how bad, and you look at it and it's not bad, right? Like it's just, it right. just needs a couple of tweaks. And, uh, and I, I mean, I just, I refuse to take the business. I mean, maybe they'll go someplace else, but I, I help them. We do, we do some of the work for them, right? We don't charge them. Um, by, by just doing that, by just telling, by being honest to them, with them, that they usually refer three or four other people, you know, that actually do need the help. Right. And, uh, I, I, that's, I think that's a, a, just, you know, from a financial business model, that is always, that will always be profitable. Right. And it goes back to what we talked about before about like, it's a people to people game. It's not a product mm -hmm. to product game, right. Or sales to sales game. So, uh, yeah, I think I, 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 I agree. I mean, sometimes, you know, you should be an ambassador for your company, not a salesperson. Right. And, right. uh, you know, and why but people are smart, you know, people figure things out very, very quickly. Yeah. Um, like very quickly. Yeah. And especially in this, uh, you know, uh, social media world, you know, one bad review. Right. Right. <laughs> and now all of a sudden a hundred million people have seen it. So it can, right. uh, it can definitely be costly. Um, so yeah, please, please y'all that are listening, you know, try not to, we know we all have time to fill goals, especially for those who work in talent acquisition and all that. But Come on, y'all. Just, you know, make sure we keep the integrity piece of it and not, you know, uh, gas anybody up or, you know, right. paint this rosy picture well, for sure. I, I think it's also important from here. I mean, not everybody does it dishonestly, right? There's, there are people that do it honestly, yeah. right? So, so it's, it's, it's um, you know, I, because of the whole COVID thing, I've got the office. So everybody on my team works remotely, virtually. They've, they've mm -hmm. worked, it's been like that since 2009. Um, so I, I rent, I rent like an, an office and it's like a medical building. So I have my own office. And then when I, if I travel, I work, I use these, you know, these Regis or we work offices where I go mm -hmm. in and I close the, you know, but um, a couple of times I've taken advantage of bringing my, my, I've got two kids, a nine-year-old and a five-year-old and uh, the nine-year-old, I brought him to, to work one day, you know, so he could do his homework and I was just doing my thing. And he heard me talking to a client or, 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 or I guess a, a referral. Mm -hmm. and he heard me tell, he heard me literally say, you know, like, you know, saying like, listen, I know that you, you came here thinking you'd, you were going to spend money with me today, but I'm not going to, you know, number one, I'm not going to charge you. Number two, you don't need the service. Right. And uh, so I got off the phone and my, my nine-year-old said, Hey dad, like, why, it's like, why'd you do that? You know? And I, and I, I used it as a lesson, right. To, to be able to tell them like, no matter what you do, make sure you do it, you know, in, in a clean and honest way, because mm -hmm like you impact a lot of people without knowing it just, and, and like selfishness never gets you anywhere. Um, and you know, maybe short term, you know, you get you hit your goals, but long term, you'll, you'll find yourself extremely alone, you know? And, uh, and I think that's a lesson. Not, not everybody in the recruiting industry, you know, is dishonest. Right. So if right. you're one of these of recruiters out there and you have a choice next time, you know, and they right. say, <laughs> what do you think? You know, tell them, tell the candidate the truth. Right. And that you'll, 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 you'll I think the gods will, will pay it, you know, pay it forward for you. So. Yeah, absolutely. And I couldn't agree, you know, anymore with that. And, you know, I've, I've enjoyed this time chatting with you. This has been amazing. I hope everyone that's 
listening or will listen or whenever you listen to this episode, you know, really has gotten something from this. But before we go, I know even outside of what you do, George, you know, you're pretty interesting individual. So I know one of your uh, partners sent me over some fun facts. So you got to tell me, it looks like you're a bit of a runner. You know, you, you've done a lot of uh, ultra marathons. Holy crap. How was yeah. that? Yeah. So I've done, I've done more ultra marathons than marathons. I, I yeah. actually, I, the first ultra marathon I ever did, um, I had never even run a marathon yet. So mm-hmm. it was just, it was just, I, I'm one of these guys that just like, if you tell me, Hey man, like that's impossible, you know, like you can't do it that way. I'm, I'm one of these people that kind of figure it out and then do it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's, I, I don't, I mean, are you, are you a runner? I don't know if you're, did we ever, we never yeah, talk about I did. Uh, I did track back in school. Um, I did two mile, one mile, uh, eight by four. And from time to time I threw discus, but yeah, so I you're have fast. nothing I mean, on I'm, you. I'm yeah. like the slow, yeah. You're, I mean, you're, you're like the fast runner. Right? I'm the slow runner. Uh, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, there's a, there's a discipline, you know, involved with that, right? Like there's yeah. a, there's a, there's a discipline involved. I, I, um, I mean, I, I do a lot of running on the weekends. I just think mm-hmm. it's a great, to me, it's my form of meditation, you know, sure. where, where you get to just kind of, I, I, I think it's a cool thing. I, I, you know, I think if you can find a sport that you love, it's I'm 45 and I, I still feel, you know, I ran this morning. Mm-hmm. I still feel like I'm five years old when I'm running, you know, like there's no one, <laughs> you know, you know, there's, there, there's no cell phone. I mean, I leave the phone at home. There's right. No cell phone. There's, there aren't any, there's, there's no electricity bills. There's no rents to pay. There's no mm-hmm. more. There's not, there's none of it. Right. It's just you like a five-year-old, you know, and uh, if you can find your sport like that, you know, some people do CrossFit, some people, right. Some people do a lot, you know, they weight lift or they, or they, you know, they play tennis or they walk. Um, you know, I think it's a decent, it's a healthy habit. But I, th- those things, and you, you know this, Matt, because you've done, you've been there. You like you're supposed to compete, you know, for the mile or two mile, and you train for it, you train for mm-hmm. it. But when you finish, you learn more about yourself than you did how to run the two miles, right? You know, yeah. like it's that's what I like about the running part of it. It's um, you, you really learn a lot about yourself. You know, I've done these fifty milers where it's like eight, 10, 12 hours, you know? Yeah. And uh, like pretty much after three hours, four hours, you don't enjoy it anymore. At least I don't. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't <laughs> even know what you would think about for eight hours. Yeah. You know, even when I'm doing a two mile, you know, geez, yeah. you know, trying to do it under 10 minutes, that's long enough, much less than eight yeah. hours. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. it's, uh, you just, you just think about everything, you know, you think yeah. about, you think about, you know, your family, your kids, your business, you think about the weather, you think about if, you know, some book you want to read, you think about your goals. I mean, it's, it's like, mm-hmm. it, it's like this long, you know, it's like this meditation. It's almost like being on a plane for eight hours. To right. kind, of figure, <laughs> kind of try to figure out like what to do with yourself. Exactly. Uh, and that's, but I think you learn how to, you know, but after three or four hours, at least me personally, I don't know if, you know, I'm, I don't want to speak for other ultra runners, but um, after about four hours, I really don't really, I don't really enjoy it much. You know, like it's not, <laughs> It's not, but you get, then you, then you learn, like you learn how to enjoy right. other parts of it. Like I enjoy the thinking part of it or enjoy, it's more of a, the ultra running thing is more of a chess um, game than a, mm-hmm. you know, it, it, that's kind of how I see it. But I, I don't know, that's, I'm not a great, you know, I'm not great at it, you know, I mean, I've done a lot of them, but it's the, the nice thing about ultra running, at least, you know, like, like people care about if you, did you finish or did you not finish? You know what I mean? Like, right. not, like no one's really worried about you at the time. So, mm-hmm. uh, but I just think it's cool. 45 years old, I can, you know, still run for 10, 12 hours and, and, you know, hold my own. I think it's a cool, you know, it's a cool, it's a cool thing to say, right? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I'll tell you what, you know, if anything, you, you are goals, you know, I hope by the time I, I get into my forties, you know, I'm still rocking and rolling like that. So that's, that's well, amazing. Yeah. I tell you, I just turned 45. There's, they say, this is why I'm doing this. I mean, I, they say you go into your fifth, you, 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 you go into your eighties mm-hmm. the way you go into your fifties. Right. Yeah. So, so I'm really focused on like going into my, you know, I've got five years left. Like I want to go, I want to hit 50, like really strong. Right. And uh, so that's why, I, that's why I'm kind of extremely conscious of, you know, of, of what I eat and, you know, when, how much I sleep and mm-hmm. you know, like how much I drink and, you know, there's all these things, um, you know, I'm just conscious of what, you know, what I'm doing. Right. So. Absolutely. No, uh, I think, yeah. I think that. You're, uh... you're, yeah. You're, you're, you have a great day. I mean, you're, you're how old, how old are you now, Matt? Uh, I, I'll be 30 in October. So yeah, man, just a baby, yeah. you know, just a baby. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. It's like, there's a quote by Mark Twain. Have you seen that quote by about when I was eight? I think it was, 
I'm, I'm going to use the quote here. It's like when I was 18, my parents were fools. When I was 21, mm-hmm. I was surprised at how much they'd learned in just three years, you know? Right. So, yeah. 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 You're going to learn. I mean, in the next 15 years, you're going to learn so much about everything that it's my wife. My wife is 36. So I'm 45. And I tell okay. her, listen, like in 10 years, in nine years, you're going to realize that what you're, you know, what is a problem now for you won't even be an issue, you know, or yeah. it's, it's amazing the difference between when you're 30 and when you're 40 and you know you you might not appreciate that now but you will when and somebody listening you know maybe but you know excuse me you, you will appreciate when you hit 40 um yeah man you're you're for 30 i wasn't i mean you're rocking man because i wasn't i wasn't as successful successful as you at 30 i can tell you that <laughs> yeah you're rocking it yeah well no thank you I, I really appreciate it and before we go you know two quick things you know you got to tell us you know, what's next or what are you all up to at the McGarren Group? And then also you have to tell us how can people connect with you? Where can they follow you at? And we'll head on out from there. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. So, yeah, we're, we're um, so our, 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 we're, we're still growing our recruiting business. We're actually, we're looking to get, to actually start a firm in Australia of all places. Nice. Congratulations. Uh, yeah, thanks. So here's the reason. The reason is that most of our market here is like in the U.S. or Europe or South America, but pretty much for 12 hours a day, I mean, the company's kind of shut down, right? If you think about it. So I'd like to have a company, you know, same, same business lines that run right when, you know, when I'm sleeping for the other 12 right. hours. Right. So we're going to do that uh, on a personal standpoint. I mean, you know, my, once this COVID-19 thing or COVID-20, you know, kind of goes away, um, I'm going to probably take flying lessons to learn how to fly these little planes, these little Cessnas, okay. Okay. which I haven't done. It's been on my bucket list uh it, i was actually taking a test it was a it was a ter- i was buying term life insurance mm-hmm. one of the questions they said was have you ever flown a plane before are you are you taking you know it was something like that mm-hmm. and i obviously answered no but that triggered you know like a <laughs> like a question like maybe i should right maybe i should learn <laughs> how to fly planes so right. i'm gonna start doing that i don't know life life is good i i can't complain um but you know, I've had a blessed life, Matt. So I'm. I'm it's good to hear. Yeah, so I'm proud of you. Yeah. yeah, proud of you. Excited. Um, I'm happy to and anxious to see where you all go, both uh, business-wise and personally. And I, I think this has been an amazing conversation. George, right. where can they find you at? How can they connect yeah, so with you? So really easy. So um, my my LinkedIn is is maxed out with thirty thousand contacts. So it's not going to be there, right? They can look me up on LinkedIn, <laughs> but they just yeah. search George and then last name McGarren, right? M C G E H R I N. If you, if you even remotely type it correctly, it will show up. Mm-hmm. Um, the easiest way is uh, just an Instagram, right? So if you just type in exec underscore headhunter, you can find me there. So it's just exec, E-X-E-C underscore headhunter. And then, you know, that's, that's, uh, that's my, my uh, Instagram account. So we have, a, we have a business account as well for the Instagram piece, but that's the, the exec underscore headhunter is my, my account. Right. So. Make sure you connect with today's guests on social media. And if you haven't already, check out our website at honesthumanresources.com and connect with Young Black HR on your favorite platform at, you guessed it, Young Black HR. You can find us on LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and GroupMe. I hope you enjoyed today's conversation and tune in to next week's episode.